This morning we are going to hear just three short verses, and yet these three short verses just are so full, and they include a lot, and so it'll be good for us to be together with these verses this morning. As we open God's word, let us come to God in prayer. Holy God, we are so grateful for your word, the Bible. We're grateful for the words that you give us that invite us to live a life differently than the way that the world gives, lives and to live a life that's in step with your spirit. Lord, open now our hearts and our souls and our minds that we might receive the words that you want us to hear and that you, we by your spirit might be able to put them into practice in the week ahead. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, and we will read just verses 44 to 46. And we have a parable, two parables. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I imagine that if I asked my five-year-old daughter what she wanted from me, she would almost certainly answer candy. Because candy is like the only thing on that girl's mind. But if I asked her the question just a little bit differently and I said, Hadley, what do you need from me? She might still say candy, but she might also say something like, I really need a hug. I, or I really need you to say, I love you. What about us? What if a spouse or a dear, dear friend or a dear family member said, what do you want? I could imagine some of us might already have a list listed in our iPhone of all the things we want to acquire. But what if that same person said, what do you need from me? I could imagine saying, I need to know you're committed. I need to know you're not going anywhere. I need to know you love me through thick and thin, especially when I'm having those really bad days. Right? I need to know you're not going anywhere. Throughout the Gospels, we hear Jesus ask people, what do you need from me? Now wonder just for a moment with me. If you were in Jesus' presence and Jesus asked you, what do you need from me? How might you answer Jesus' question? What are our deepest desires. 
We're going to turn to these parables now to see what Jesus sort of gives us some pictures as to what the deepest desires of his people are. Jesus uses parables. um, These are stories meant to illustrate the life of a disciple of Jesus Christ, to give a picture what it looks like to be a part of Jesus' kingdom, of the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. And so Jesus gives us two little stories that tell us a little bit more about that. And so that first story we heard about a hidden treasure. We heard about someone who hid this treasure in their field. Now this might be kind of odd to us, but in Jesus' day, sometimes people buried their greatest treasure, literally, in a field that they owned. They didn't use safety deposit boxes. They didn't use safes. They would bury their greatest treasure. And here we see that someone uncovers this treasure, quickly hides it again, but then what does he do? He goes home, sells everything he has, so he has enough money to buy the field where that treasure is buried. And at first we're probably thinking, I really don't even know what this means, right? I really don't even know what this is about. Well, let's think, for instance, if this person who found this treasure, that this treasure is actually salvation in Jesus Christ. So we can imagine someone is overjoyed. They found salvation in Jesus Christ. They know that they are a sinner saved by Jesus. What do they do? They don't have a a care or a worry in the world about anything else in their life but dedicating their lives to Jesus to knowing Jesus more and better each and every day. Then we have this parable of the pearl. So this time we have a merchant, I sort of picture this like a salesperson, who's looking for the finest pearl. And one day she finds it. And what does she do? Now she goes home and sells everything she has to make sure she can buy that pearl. So similar to the first parable, this is someone who is searching, yearning for deeper meaning in their life. They find it. And suddenly nothing else matters because they have found salvation in Jesus Christ and she dedicates her entire life to that. What one commentator wrote on these parables is that once you find the gospel, you have all the joy you need to motivate you to live a changed life. And that changed life would be a life 100% devoted to Jesus Christ. So what Jesus seems to be telling us this morning is that Christians are people who only care about the things of God and the things of heaven and would do anything to step into that more and more and more. Now I'll admit to you, brothers and sisters of our Lord Jesus Christ, that Mark and I preached through the parables, you know, for about 12 to 14 weeks this summer. And I'll admit that every time it was my turn, I would read through these parables and I would skip over them to find another one. Right? Because that truth of Jesus just felt so 
challenging, so distant, I thought, how could I preach for 15 or 20 minutes on this? And yet here we are today sitting with these parables because understanding our desires are just essential to us discerning God's will well together. You've heard me say for the past four or five times that I've preached on discernment, right? Discernment is about seeking God's will, putting aside our own. It's about desiring more and more of God all the time and less and less of the things we want. And so conversation about desires is essential. And it's hard. Because some of us, when you heard me, or heard us wonder together, you know, what are my deepest desires? Some of us maybe got kind of cringy and unsettled. Right? Because we desire things like wealth. We desire things like money that help us to feel like our life is secure, help us to feel like we have freedom to do the things we want, freedom to buy the toys we want, do the fun things we want to do. And they make us feel like we're not ever going to run short then or run empty, right? We'll always have what we need. And we even think money makes us happy. Some of us might not struggle with money, but some of us might struggle with power. That it feels good to be in spaces where we have power and we can acquire more power and step into that and exercise that power in ways that we desire. And others of us have desire for something like respect. That doesn't sound too bad, right? Desiring respect. When we desire respect, that means we care a lot about how we appear to people more than we care about genuine, authentic relationships. And all of these desires, if we're honest with ourselves, this desire for, for money, for power, for respect, and you can name, there's so many others too, they do leave us empty, if we're honest. Because in all of those things, we prioritize other things over intimate relationships. And so I think when we desire all of those things and step into all of those things with our whole life, we end up feeling lonely. We end up feeling lonely. In the psychology world and even in the pastoral care and theology world, we talk about desires like these as being disordered, as being disordered. And I think that's such a beautiful word, disordered. Because it doesn't mean that it's bad or it's sinful or it's terrible. It means that there's hope for redeeming it for realigning it, for redeeming it, for reordering these desires. They just show us that a couple of pegs are in the wrong spot, but when we move them in the right spot, 
we can actually find fulfillment. And so I'm going to share a story with you this morning. This is a story that a spiritual director, and his name is David Benner, he includes this in one of the many books that he writes. And this story is shared because it's a woman who understands her surface desires, thinks that they're all she needs and that she's going to find ultimate fulfillment in them, but she comes to learn that those surface desires are connected to basic needs in her life and that all our basic needs can be met most fully in God. And so here I share this story to illustrate this. So this is David writing. When I first met her, Kala's longings were all focused on her desire to be married and have children. Lacking a significant man in her life and deeply aware of the relentless ticking of her biological clock, she felt her dreams slipping through her fingers. She was bitter and miserable. Kella seemed puzzled when I asked her about her deepest longings. She felt she had told me everything there was to be told when she said she wanted to be married and have a child. But as we explored this further, Kala was able to see that beneath what she had thought of as ultimate desires was something more basic, a longing to feel needed and loved. It was also not hard to discern a longing to feel connected to others and to life itself. Marriage and mothering held for her the hope of meeting these basic needs. But her longing was not truly for a man or a baby. It was for love and significance. This was a longing that pointed toward God. It arose from this God-shaped empty space within her that matched the callous-shaped inner space within God. Longing answering longing. But until she saw the ultimate nature of her desires, she remained idolatrously locked onto marriage and motherhood as what she thought to be the source of her only potential fulfillment. What David shares there with us is this understanding that when we understand our desires, what we think are our deepest desires, we can use that by the grace of God to come to understand the basic needs that are attached to that and understand that all our basic needs, all our needs for safety, security, identity, significance, self-expression, fulfillment, love, can all be met in God. They can all be met in God. And we might wonder this morning, well, how do we get there? How do we get there? Because I understand some of my desires and some of my longings. But how do I come to a place to recognize that they could be fulfilled in God? The answer is prayer is spending time in the quiet stillness of God's presence. We're there as we seek God's face, we can wonder with God, like the psalmist does in Psalm 139, search me, O God, and know my heart. 
right? And help me to know my heart. Help me to know my desires. And help me to recognize where those desires fall flat. Right? What am I ultimately searching for? And then to continue that conversation with God, to say, mold them, change them, realign them so that I don't find their fulfillment in these worldly things, but that I find their fulfillment in you. And that really is what these parables are getting at this morning. That we as people loved by God, as saved by the grace of Jesus Christ, if we have the joy and delight in our salvation, that we will yearn for the things of God. And that even when we have these other desires, when we're completely honest in God's presence and when God's spirit opens us up enough, we can see that what we long for is really more of God is really more of God. So what now? Some of us this morning might say, I know all of that about myself. I know where my earthly desires push me, and I know that I yearn more for God, and I step into that in a very intentional way. And praise be to God, if that's you. If you're someone this morning who says, wow, I know an awful lot about my desires, and I have trouble even imagining how to get past that. And maybe even for you say, I don't even know if I want to get past that quite yet. No problem. Not all hope is lost, but I do invite you to spend time in the presence of God and wonder with God about that. Wonder if what you think your deepest desires are really are your deepest, deepest desires. And some of us this morning have been taught, I think, through the Christian community and Christian culture that really all desire is bad. And so some of us might even have trouble figuring out, do I really desire anything? Or I have trouble even coming up with one thing that I really desire because we've been taught to always squash that down because it's evil and sinful and bad. And so for you, it could look like stepping into a conversation with God and saying exactly that and saying, God, I want to know what desires I have because desires come to us from God. God wants us to have desires, and he wants those deepest desires of our souls to be filled because he knows that at the end of the day, all of us, like Kala, have a God-shaped hole in our heart, and God has a God-shaped, or a, whatever our name is, inner space for us. And those longings can meet each other in such a beautiful way. And so no matter where we are this morning, our invitation from God is to spend some time with him. Spend some time with him wondering about this and hearing and experiencing God's presence and better knowing what it is 
that our deepest desires are. And then when we come to that place to ask ourselves, what am I willing to do to step into that more? Because when we come to understand that, yes, all of our needs can be fulfilled in God, that's something we get to step into. We get to step into those habits that draw us more into God's presence. We get to step into those habits that help us to experience God's presence. Because that is where we find life. And so people of God, that's my prayer for you this morning, is that you sit with that for a while and wonder with with God with that um, and see what happens. See what God cracks open in you and see what God reveals to you. Let's pray. Gracious God, you give us your word. And sometimes your word feels hard. Lord, you know the people we are. You know the desires that we have. And Lord, may we also know that by your grace and by your spirit, those disordered desires in our lives can be realigned to you where we find the most beautiful life, the most fulfilling life that you have to offer to us. Lord, may each one of us this week spend some time with you in that space. And may you speak clearly to us and gently to us so that we don't miss it. Lord, help us to experience your voice and your presence in a rich way this week. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.